saved name in the Lamb's book of life. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thanks to, uh, to you, Brother Andrew and Miss Ndidi and your staff for hosting this meeting and being so gracious to us. They, they treat us so kindly and all the wonderful staff here. You guys are just wonderful. We like you so much. <clears throat> Glory to God. Father... How good it is to be in your presence and experience your goodness. We are here before you also to hear your words. And we ask for them and the anointing, the utterance, the revelation. We, we ask for answers and direction for now. Amen. And impartations. Supply of the Spirit, quickening things that mark us and plant seed in us, incorruptible. And we give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Praise God. You can be seated. If you'd go again to Romans 8, I've so enjoyed my time with you. It's uh, these, these times are precious. Every service we have, every meeting we have, um, things that God speaks and does, they are eternal. And joinings that he makes. The Bible said what God has joined together, let, let no one separate. And that, that doesn't only apply to husband and wife. That applies to whatever God has joined together. And the whole body is fitly joined together, compacted by that which every joint supplies. And um, I'm convinced these joinings continue past this life. So uh, don't be surprised if you see me again <laughs> later and I, and I see you again. And we... Uh, because there was a reason why we knew each other here in this life of all the billions on the planet that we, we were connected somehow. And what God does is forever. Oh, He is so great. He is so vast. And to know Him is life. Hallelujah. We've been talking this week about the inerrant inner witness, the witness of the Holy Spirit within. And uh, it is one of the greatest things you'll ever learn in your life. 
how to be led by the Spirit. The answer to a thousand questions every day is be led. Now you can be led by guessing, you can be led by reasoning, you can be led by numbers, you can be led by others, by feelings. There's a myriad of things that you can be led by, and none of them are inerrant. There will be failures and failures if you follow the wrong things. No one is smart enough. No one knows enough to make the right choice every time. Like we said previously, for one thing, you don't know the future. So how could you make the perfect choice every time without knowing what's going to happen next? But there is someone who does. And he lives in you. Well, somebody say, he lives in me. And he guides me. In Romans... The, uh, the fifth chapter, verse 14, and then we're going to back up and read some previous, but he said, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. He uses the word sons here, and in verse 16, the word children, uh, indicating that learning to be led of the Spirit is connected with maturing, maturing sonship. He says, for we have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. Now what's that got to do with with being led? Because that is the number one way that the enemy leads people, is through fear. Many decisions are made based on a fear or a dread or timidity or reservation or all the way to panic. But to be led by fear is to be led into destruction, to be led into loss. You must not be led by fear. And it's easier said than done. Fear is a real thing. It's, it's all around us. And when there's some kind of issue or there's some kind of a challenge, there's some kind of stressful thing, you'll be tempted to fear. You don't have to fear. But you will be tempted to fear. But it's a choice not to One thing you must realize is that symptoms of fear do not mean you have made the wrong choice or lost the battle. It means it's time to resist. Is everybody listening? There will be times you'll be tempted to fear. And if you say, oh, not me, then I know you're very young and don't know much. Everyone will be tempted to fear at different times and situations. And when you are, the enemy will try to come and say, it's too late. Look, you're already panicking. You're already, no, no. It's now you're in the fight. 
Now it's time to resist and say, fear, get out of here. Fear, leave me in Jesus' name. Even though you uh, may, even if you're shaking, you know, even if you're shaking with fear, you need to open your mouth and say, I refuse to fear. I refuse to fear. Resist it and it'll have to leave you. But do not do some kind of knee-jerk reaction and make a wrong choice or go a wrong way because that's how the enemy leads people into destruction. Said out loud, I refuse to fear. I will not follow fear. I will not make decisions based on fear. He said, God, God didn't give us a spirit of fear, and we haven't received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but we have received the spirit of adoption. Now, see the previous verse, he said, we're led by the spirit. He's still talking about the spirit who leads us, is the spirit of adoption. The spirit whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Now, as we're worshiping the Lord and ministering to the Lord earlier, you sensed the peace of God. Right? Not fear. Not fear. Peace. You know, God is called repeatedly, is called the God of peace. He's called the Lord of peace and the God of peace repeatedly. It is an identifying characteristic of the spirit who indwells you and leads you. He leads you with this same peace. Hallelujah. What the Lord is showing us here in the word as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Then immediately he says, uh, I'm going to paraphrase a little bit, it, this Spirit that leads you is not the Spirit of fear. Is not the Spirit, because that brings you into bondage. But the Spirit that leads you is the Spirit you are very familiar with, comfortable with, the Spirit whereby you cry, Abba, Father, this is, this is the Father and His family. This is fellowship that is comfort and peace. And you can identify God by this. God doesn't come and, and frighten you. He could easily. <laughs> he could easily just overwhelm us. But he doesn't want to do that. He's a father. A good father does not want to frighten his kids. No. Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd. And my sheep know my voice. It's not unfamiliar. Ever since you were bo you've been born again, the Spirit of God indwells you. His Spirit is in you, 
every hour of every day, everywhere you go, everything you do. And so when he communicates to you, it's not some strange thing that you've never been around before. This is the same spirit you commune with night and day, all the time. Familiar. Abba. Father. And he bears witness with our spirit, verse 16 says, that we are the children of God. If he can cause you to know that you're a child of God, he can cause you to know something else. Right? This is how he communes with us through our own human spirit. Back up to verse 5, please. They that are after the flesh, they mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the Spirit, in other words, they mind the things of the Spirit. We talked about earlier about focus and what you set your mind on. Verse 6, for to be carnally minded or flesh minded is death. Now connected with death is fear and torment. It's not of God. God did not create this world. He didn't create this earth. He didn't create the trees, the plants, the animals, us. He didn't create any of this to die. He didn't create any of it to be tormented or vexed or frustrated or confused. All of that came after sin and the fall and curse. The wages of sin is death. So death is not God's perfect will. It's not his perfect plan. Did you know 1 Corinthians 15 says that death is an enemy? Death is the last enemy that shall be put underfoot. Now all this death and everything that goes with it is not pleasing to God. It's not his will. Wasn't his original plan. And when all things are, are, are changed, and in the new heaven and new earth, there'll be nothing that hurts or harms. There'll be no more sorrow, no more crying, no more pain, no more death. Hallelujah. That's God's perfect will. Won't it be wonderful? A place where there are never any funerals. Never. No hospitals. No sickness. No pain. No pain. In seeing these verses, we're given identification of the witness. When you mind the wrong thing on the outside... There's death. But when you, when you mind the spirit, 
It is what? what what's the result? Huh? Two things he mentions. What? Life and peace. Everybody said out loud. Life and peace. Say it again. Life and peace. When you're looking for the witness, you're looking for life and peace. When you're looking for the confirmation witness, when you're looking for the leading of the Lord, you're looking for life and peace. Can you say amen? Amen. Say it out loud again. Life Life. and peace. Peace. Life Life. and peace. Peace. You know, we, we quoted the 23rd Psalm the other night. Let's, uh, let's quote it again. The Lord is my shepherd. Now let's just stop right here. What does a shepherd do? One of the main things that the shepherd does, he leads and he feeds and he protects. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. What's the next part? He makes me to lie down. Lie down, lie down in green pastures. Does that sound like struggle, striving, struggle? No. And he leads me. Come on, help me out. He leads me. What kind of waters? Still. Somebody say still. And what's connected with the still waters? Leading. He leads me. Somebody say, he leads me. He leads me beside the, not the turbulent, not the uproar. Somebody say, still, still, still. That's what the psalmist said. Be still and know. There's a knowing that comes when you are still before him and your focus is not on the outside on the 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 noisiness of the flesh but your focus is on the inside of the witness of the spirit you know when the prophet of god was running from uh, uh, jezebel and uh, he went out in the in the wilderness and the bible said there was a a strong, mighty wind that, that rent the rocks. But God wasn't in the wind. Hmm? How many would agree God is not in every wind? And the winds that come and destroy things. That's not God. Evil spirits actually get involved in some of these storms and things that hurt people. And if you see something coming and heading your way or towards your things, you need to do what Jesus did. Stand up and rebuke that thing. Tell it to stop. Tell it to leave. And then there was, a, there was an earthquake. But God wasn't in, in that either. And there was a, a raging fire. and God wasn't in that. And there was a still, small Voice, and that was him. Hallelujah. 
focusing away from all the noise and all the tumult. The Bible said in 1 Corinthians 14 that God's not the author of confusion, but of peace. And one translation said he's not in confusion, but he's in the peace. He's not in the, the turmoil, the strife. I'm talking about how you can identify the witness. When you get agitated and you're not at rest about the thing and you're frustrated about it, you don't have the direction of the Lord. You don't have the leading at that point. Something's not right. It's, that's letting you know you're not there yet. You don't have it. When you find the direction of the Lord, it stills the waters. Hallelujah. Said out loud, He leads me beside the still, still waters. He restores my soul. Oh, hallelujah. This world has no peace. The scripture said, there is no peace to the wicked. Wicked means twisted. There is no peace in twisted things, distorted things, things that come from confused and distorted people. And you'll find that all around. People are, even when they're trying to act calm, there is this agitation under the surface. And the Lord said, peace I give to you, not as the world gives, give I to you. He said, don't let your heart be troubled. Don't let it be afraid. Somebody say, he gave me his peace. And this peace passes understanding. And it keeps your heart and your mind. In order to be led by the Spirit, we have to separate ourselves from the noise of the world. We have to let His peace reign and rule in us and quiet our hearts and minds and focus. And when you do that, it'll come clear. It'll come clear what the Lord is saying. And the enemy's plan is to keep something going. Do you know, if you'll let him, the enemy will keep you upset about something all the time. And you'll think, well, as soon as I get this thing worked out and fixed, then we'll be over the hump. Nuh-uh, there'll be something else. There'll be something else. And if you think you can't have peace unless everything is good around you, you will never have peace. 
Because you're, you're basing it on, again, you're being carnal-minded, focusing on the outside. Everything has to be right before I can relax, before I can rest. You can't control everything that goes on out here. You never will. But you can control what goes on in here and in here. And even if though the storm is raging out here, it can be a nice day inside here. <laughs> you can be calm. You can have peace. Not walking in fear, but in peace. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. For the peace that passes understanding, keeping my heart and my mind by the anointed one. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Go to, go to Philippians. We've been quoting that. Let's, let's just read it. Philippians 4. The scripture said in James that where envy and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. Strife is of the enemy. And it is the manifest presence of the enemy. Some years ago when we've uh, setting up some of our ministry offices. The Lord dealt with me very pointedly. He said, you must allow no strife in the church, in the offices. Somebody say, no strife. No strife. And I, I was thinking about that, and I thought, well, what? And he, he quickened to me, you know, faster than you could say it. I'll try, I'll try to express it to you this way. Have you ever walked into a room where somebody had been fighting? You didn't see the fight. You didn't hear the fight. But you walk in the room, you can feel it. You can feel it. Well, what are you feeling? This is not a natural thing. This is not a physical thing. It's spiritual. You know what it is? Strife is the manifest presence of the devil, of the enemy. Just like peace is the manifest presence of the Holy Spirit, which is what we're experiencing in here, in worship and praise and still now. It's the Spirit. The Spirit of God the spirit who leads us is the spirit of peace, the spirit of comfort, the spirit that makes you want to slide down in your seat and go, Abba, Father, <laughs> you make me so happy. <laughs> A total absence of strife. No strife. 
And the Lord ministered to me. He said, he said, you must not have the manifestation of the devil in the church offices. These are God's places. What a, what a terrible thing to have God's enemy's presence manifested in the church. And so we talked to the staff and I, I told them what the Lord had told me. And I said, no, we, uh, we can't have it. The Lord has charged me. So whatever the reason you think it is, can't let it go. You remember when uh, Abram and his nephew Lot got too many cows? (laughs) And uh, their herdsmen got into strife over it, over the pastures and the water. Abram, the elder, the man of God, he came to the younger and he said, look, we're brethren. We cannot have this strife. We can't have it. You tell me what you want. You take whatever you want and I'll take what's left. Well, that shouldn't have been. He's the elder. But can you see how strong he felt about it? He's willing to pay any price. He's willing to sacrifice whatever he needs to, but the strife must stop. Because we will not allow the manifest presence of the devil in our homes, in our church. You have to, you have to make up your mind. No strife. Must not. Years ago, I had the privilege of working in Brother Kenneth Hagin Sr.'s healing school. And so we ministered on healing uh, there daily. And one day after the office was closing, I, I left the door to go out. And a young mother came and had her baby. And uh, she, she said, uh, Brother, Brother Moore, would you pray for my baby? Baby's sick. And I looked and the baby's, you know, eyes are running and nose is running. And you could tell the baby didn't feel good. Would you pray for uh, my baby? She had missed the, the service, but she had come there. And... Uh, I, I, I started to pray, and the Lord checked me and said, wait. I backed up, and just like that, I saw and I knew. I said, dear, have you and your husband been having a lot of trouble? She just began to cry and sob. She said, oh, we've been fighting so bad, Brother Keith. I said, the Lord just quickened to me that the atmosphere of strife in your home is a hindrance to your baby's healing. I can pray and there'd be some temporary relief, but you take the baby back into that strife and it'll immediately become sick again and get even worse. I said, you've got to go home and get it right between you and he for the sake of the child. I said, I'll pray with you about that. She said, oh, please do. Isn't that what the scripture said in 1 Peter? About husbands treating their wives right. And wives treating their husbands right. Lest your prayers be hindered. Well, what would be hindering them? Strife 
the manifest presence of the adversary, the one who works against us. Said out loud, I, I must not participate in strife. I must not. We must not allow strife in our homes, in our church. Must not. We must not. And see, the reason I, I get into that also is because when you're like that, you're go, you'll miss the leadings of the Lord. Through agitation and confusion, hurt, mad, whatever the case might be, if, if you let him, the enemy will keep you in an agitated state about something perpetually. He has, there are spirits assigned to ministers and Christians for that very purpose. Accusing others to your mind. Accusing you and trying to provoke and trying to bring imaginations and suggestions and, and emphasizing faults and, and bringing up old past and hurts and mistakes. These spirits are on the job every day trying to do this to you and me. But we're not ignorant of his devices and we don't have to let him play us. And what you got to do is you got to monitor yourself. And when you can, you, you, you know you, and when you can feel yourself getting mad, feel yourself entertaining ideas of being hurt, being offended, being upset, you got to catch yourself and say, stop it, stop it, stop it. Yeah, but they, it doesn't matter what they did. I have a charge from the Lord to stay in his peace and not participate in the manifestation of the evil one. It doesn't matter what they did. It doesn't give me the right to get into strife. Oh, it's easy to do. Oh, the flesh will pull you. Again, we're back to that. To be flesh-minded is death. And when people don't treat you right or they do bad things and ugly things, you'll be pulled to respond in like kind. Your flesh will be, but you don't have to. It's not worth forfeiting your peace. It's not worth forfeiting your healing. It's not worth forfeiting getting an answer. And a direction. Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, somebody say, thank God, thank God for the peace of God. In Philippians 4. Verse 6. Be careful for what? For what? The Amplified says, don't have any anxiety about anything. Is that possible? 
No, that was too quiet. That was, that was too quiet. That was <laughs> unacceptable response. <laughs> if the Bible says it's so, it's so. If he says to do it, that means you can do it. Right? Be careful for nothing. Don't fret or have any anxiety about anything. Now that doesn't mean you won't be tempted to. Because you will. But it's a choice. I said it's a choice. Whether you let your mind go there. Or whether you pull it back and focus it on the thing that ministers peace to you. It's not hard to see if your mind is on the right things or not. You can see what it's doing to you. How it's affecting you lets you know whether you should continue thinking on it or not. If it's upsetting you, if it's scaring you, if it's agitating you, if it's pulling you into strife, you must stop thinking on that immediately. You must stop. And if you say, well, I I can't help it, that's a lie. That's a lie. Because notice this. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And when you do that, what will happen? What will happen? What will happen? You, you cast all your cares over on Him. You make your request known to Him. You believe that He heard your prayer and granted your request. So what do you do now? You relax. And the peace of God that passes all understanding... This peace, oh, this peace, oh, this peace you cannot find in a pill or a bottle or a possession or the psychologist's couch. You cannot find this anywhere except the Lord. He said, my peace. Oh, I don't know that you heard that. My My peace, Jesus said, I give to you, not as the world, the world, you can't find this in the world. Well, what what do you you mean, my peace? The very peace the master walked in when he was on the earth, his personal peace. Hallelujah. Did Jesus worry a lot? Never. (laughs) Never. Was he ever tempted to worry? Many times. But he wouldn't give in to it. Would Jesus yield to strife? Never. Was he tempted? Well, you read how many times the leaders provoked him and challenged him, but... Did he really maintain peace in the midst of all the adversaries coming against him, the accusations, the temptings? and all? Did he really never get out of sorts and have a bad day? Is it really a choice? <laughs> I'm not getting as many amens. <laughs> As I was earlier. 
Is it possible to walk in a peace that passes understanding? It is so amazing. You can't figure it with your mind. You cannot analyze it. It passes understanding. Keeping my heart and my mind. Oh, somebody say, I have the peace of God. I have Jesus' peace. His very own peace he gave to me. And it is mine. And I walk in it. And it keeps my heart. And it keeps my mind. I had a young minister some years ago when I was working at Brother Hagin's ministry. They allowed him to come and uh, be with me for a week because he wanted to learn about the things we were doing. And uh, we got up and we'd go and we'd pray and we'd go and we'd minister and we'd come back and do this and do that. And at the end of the week, we came at the end of the day and so I sat down behind my desk and he sat across and he said, Brother Keith, can I say something? I said, what? He said, if you were any more laid back, you'd be in a coma. <laughs> I said, thank you very much. <laughs> thank you very much. Why? Because in this world, it's easy to be upset. Hmm? It's easy to be agitated about something. All the time. You will have an opportunity every day of your life to be upset, to be angry, to be scared, to get in strife. It's going on all around you. But you don't have to yield to it. You can feel it. You can see it. You can hear it. And then say, no. No, it's out here. It's pushing on me. It's knocking on my door. But I'm not answering. (laughs) I can't control everything that happens out here. But I can control what happens in here and in here. And I can keep and stay in the peace that keeps me. And that's the peace that leads. Keep reading because he tells how to get in the peace. And then he tells how to stay in the peace. He said, the peace of God that passes all understanding, it shall keep your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Now read the next part. Finally, brethren, so he, he wasn't through talking about that. Whatever things are true, whatever things are honest, whatever things are just, pure, lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, what? 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 Does it matter what you're doing with your mind? 
Is your peace affected by what you think on? Absolutely. I was preaching on this one time, and a man came up afterwards. He said, I got it, Brother Keith. I got it. I said, what? He said, every mind needs a bouncer at the door. (laughs) A bouncer at the door. So he spent some time in clubs. But he... Do you know what a bouncer is? Okay, all right. But he's right. He's right. You don't just let any thought in. You got a list. This is this is an exclusive mind club. And you don't get in if you're not on the list. Tell me about the list. True, just, pure, lovely, good report, virtuous, praiseworthy. These are the only things that get in. Now wrong thoughts will come. Oh yeah. Boom, 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 boom. You go, who are you? Oh, no. You're an ugly thought. Ugly thoughts cannot come in. Has to be lovely. Is that right? Lovely? Lovely so you're not on the list. No. If it's not true. Huh? Honest. Just. Right. Pure. Lovely. Hear about that next one. Good report. What if it's a bad report? No. No, can't come in. <laughs> bad report. No. No, you're you're not on the list. No. <laughs> Go away is right. Leave. You can't come in. And the peace of God that passes understanding will continue to keep your heart and your mind. And you'll function in that knowing because in that peace is clarity. In that peace is knowing. In that peace is light. Hallelujah. We live in a loud, agitated, noisy world, especially with all of the technology now. Myriad of voices, and they're all saying something, and they're all vying for your attention. And you're foolish if you try to listen to all of them. You're foolish. Now, I'm going to go over something I said earlier. How can you tell if you're looking at thinking on the wrong thing? How can you tell? What is it doing to you? What is it doing to you? Hmm? Is it upsetting you? Is it scaring you? 
You see what I'm saying? Then that's all you have to know. That's the wrong thing. I got to stop. I got to stop looking at that. I got to stop listening to that. I got to stop thinking about that. Why? Because it's ministering death to me. It's carnal mind. How can I tell it's the right thing? To be spiritually minded. How can I tell? Life and peace. We've been talking about the peace. The life, another word to say for life, is quickening. Quickening. When something is the Lord, there's a quickening of life about it. And when you're looking to make the choice and to make the decision, you think about this, and there's no quickening and there's no peace. So you just leave that alone. You think about this, and sometimes there's still no quickening, no peace. What does that mean? That means there's a number three somewhere. Come on, are you with me? There's, a, there's another alternative somewhere. Even the experts may not know about it. But when you find it, when you find the right thing and the right way, there will be a quickening. A quickening. Not in your head. Not trying to fill something with your flesh. A quickening in your spirit. Hallelujah. Life. Oh, somebody say life. 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 Quickening in your spirit. And, and it'll be something in you that goes, this is it. This is the one. This is it. And also, the more you think about it, the more peace you have. Just about the whole thing and about the direction. And you'll find if it's God today, it'll still be God tomorrow. And the more you find out about it, the stronger it gets in you and the more peace that you have. But you must not follow the agitation and the pressure. The pressure, you got to do something. You got to do something. Look at the clock. It's due tomorrow. You got to do it. You got to do it. You got no, say no. Say no. If you just sit down in the road and go, no, I must hear from him. And in order for that to happen, I got to get rid of the noise. Focus on him. Think about the things that are true. True things, honest things, just things, lovely things. Oh, that's a lovely thought. Makes you smile. That's a good thought. Oh, that's a good thought. And you can tell you're getting your mind in the right place because of the effect it's having on you. Come on, can you see that? Life and peace. Oh, somebody say life. And peace. peace. Say it again. Life. Life. And peace. peace. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Can you take a little more? Isaiah 48. You guys are easy to preach to. If a fellow couldn't preach to you, he should have his preaching license pulled. <laughs> you are you're a delight. 
Because you love the Lord. And you respect his word. And his things. In, uh, and that's a reflection of your ministers. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Everything produces after its own kind. Mm-hmm. It does. Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Ministers are gifts, the Bible said. They are gifts from the Lord to you, to to build you up. Thank God. When you think back over your life and the people God used to preach the gospel to you, when you got saved and step after step after step, won't we be thankful to them forever? Forever, And some of them already in heaven now. But when we see them again, we're going to hug them and say thank you again, right, for bringing the word to me. In Isaiah, the 48th chapter, just another confirmation word about what we've been saying, what the Lord's been saying. Verse 15, he says, I, even I, have spoken, I've called him, I've brought him, and he shall make his way prosperous. The ways of the Lord are peace and prosperity. His ways are not distress and lack. Everybody say peace and prosperity. He said, come near to me and hear this. I've not spoken in secret from the beginning, from the time that it was. There am I, and now the Lord God and his spirit has sent me. Thus saith the Lord, the Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I am the Lord your God, which teaches you to profit. Which what? Leads you. By the way you should go. It's God's idea to lead you in the right way. You don't have to beg and plead with him to do it. He had planned to do it before you were born. And his path for you and I was already marked out before we came on the earth. And he desires to lead us. He won't force you to follow, but he desires it. And his way is the way of peace and the way of prospering and profiting. Now that doesn't just mean financial. It includes that. But actually financial is the smaller part of prosperity. It is. Don't focus too much on the money. Now you need some money. But it is the smaller part. The blessing of the Lord. It. That's what makes rich. And he adds no sorrow with it. But now rich 
is not a dollar amount. And there actually is no amount of money that can make you truly rich. You could be a multitrillionaire and be poor in spirit. Because if you have no peace, you are poor. If you have no joy, you are poor. If you have no fellowship, you are poor. Without going into it, there are three big things that the blessing does in our life. Now, this is a whole another two-hour teaching, so you've got to listen fast. <laughs> the blessing, the, the Bible said the Lord, He's the one that gives you power to get wealth. That's wealth of all kinds. The power to get, the power to acquire, the power to receive and have, the blessing empowers you to do that. But that's, that's not enough to have a good life. There are people on the planet that have more money than they could spend in three lifetimes and are miserable. Miserable. The second part of that, in Ecclesiastes, more than once, it talks about the blessing enabling you to enjoy. The power to enjoy. That's the blessing of the Lord. You can't even enjoy a new house or a new car unless the Lord's with you. Unless He enables you to enjoy it, you got to have a certain amount of health, a certain amount of freedom and peace of mind and freedom of time and opportunity and the presence of the Lord in the house, in the car. That's what makes it enjoyable and the ability to share it with other people and enjoy it with them. Somebody say, the power to acquire. That's the blessing. The power to enjoy. That's the blessing. And the third one is a higher one yet. The master said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. It's a blessing to receive. But it's another level of blessing to give. And the blessing is the power to get, the power to acquire, the power to enjoy. But then beyond that, it's the power to empower. The power to enable others. The power to be used of God to meet a need. To give. That is truly blessed. That is blessed to acquire. Blessed to enjoy. And now more blessed to empower others. Hey! 
Sit out loud, I am blessed of the Lord, maker of heaven and earth, and his blessing empowers me and makes me rich and makes me a blessing to many others. I am empowered to succeed. I'm empowered to bless. Hallelujah. (laughs) Keep reading. The Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord, your God, which teaches you how not to lose profit is the opposite of loss now the devil is a thief and he's always trying to incur losses against you and from you and so The way the enemy leads you, the carnal, the agitation, the strife, you'll wind up losing things. Losing things. But the way the Lord leads you, you never lose. You profit. You benefit. You increase. Can you say amen? He said, I'm the Lord. That, that teaches you. Oh, somebody say, he's teaching me. He's teaching me how to profit. And he leads me by the way I should go. Next verse, next verse. Oh, he said that you had listened to me. That you had hearkened to me. What would have been the result? This is where we get the phrase that we sing the song about. Peace like a river. And it's connected with what? Being led. Being led. How can you tell you're being led? There'll be a quickening. There'll be life. It'll be a good way. There'll be profit and benefit. And your peace will be like a river. And your righteousness like the waves of the sea. Does this sound like a good life? A good way to live. But it's, it's because you didn't let yourself get sucked in to the loud, noise, angry, angst, strife of this world. Oh, it's always trying to push you. It's always trying to pull you. It's always trying to snag you. Evil spirits are a sign trying to push it on you. Did you notice in the Psalms how many times the psalmist said, The Lord is my strong tower. He's He's my refuge and my safe dwelling place in those days 
when the enemy came, if a place had the ability and the prosperity, they built a tower. Tall. And they built it out of stone. Impenetrable if they could. And so when they found the enemy coming to to kill and steal and destroy, they'd run to the tower. Get in the tower. Shut the door. Bolt the door. And go up. Somebody say go up, go up. They go up. Out of reach. Out of reach. And the enemy comes down. Tries to get in and can't. And goes round and round. So look what what was happening with Job. Round and round and can't. And shouts and cusses and threatens. (laughs) While you are safe. Safe in the tower. And somebody can say, did you hear something? You go, no, just shut the window. Just, just shut the window. Let's have some tea. Let's, let's praise and thank God for protecting us in this tower. And you're safe. And you're quiet. Even though there is the enemy and the, the threatening and the Anger and angst and blasphemy and, and they do it till they get tired and hungry and have to leave. <laughs> Somebody say, safe am I in the tower on high, so secure from the enemy below. Hallelujah. Now, since you have the Spirit of God, and you have the, you've been born again, so you have the power to control your own mind. You have the authority in the name of Jesus. Now, you don't need a cement stone tower because the name of the Lord. Ha, <laughs> ha, is a strong tower, the righteous Run into it, and they are safe. All you got to do is keep your mind off of the wrong things, focus your mind on Him. And declare his name and tell the other self to leave in his name and you are safe. And keeping your mind on the things that's on the list and you stay there. You know the enemy when he tempted Jesus 40 days and nights. He finally gave up and left him for a season. Is that right? Well, 
he's out. He's done everything that ever always worked on everybody else and didn't work on him. Do you know you can keep the enemy waiting? You can keep him waiting your whole life. Trying to get to you. Trying to deceive you. Trying to get you in strife. Trying, but you made it through another week and he didn't do it. And then you made it through another month and he didn't do it. Next thing you know, you've made it through 10 years. And he hadn't done it yet. You can turn that into the rest of your life. Stand on your feet, everybody. Oh, somebody say, praise God. 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 I've got peace like a river. I've got peace like a river. I've got peace like a river in my soul. I've got peace like a river. I've got peace like a river. I've got this peace like a river in my soul. It keeps my heart and my mind keeps me free and sound protects me from strife of the enemy he leads me by still waters comforts me by his spirit Restores my soul and makes me whole. I've got peace like a river. I've got peace. I've got this peace like a river. And the press comes against me. I've got peace.
I will come to no harm. He will keep me to the end. I've got River 